We will get there in just a second. And as we do, um, I want to first of all um, circle back to last Sunday. In case you missed it, um, we revealed a very enthusiastic, exciting uh, opportunity out of the overflow of the generosity of our hearts to reach the community where God has planted us. Uh, little did we know that we would find ourselves here this week in the state and the condition of the community around us, but I still am anticipating uh, the opportunity to celebrate Easter Sunday on April 12th, just around the corner, in not one, but two Easter Sunday services. And so I uh, want to remind you of that opportunity. Keep that on the forefront of your mind, uh, at the top of uh, your, your heart, um, so that as you pray in the context that we are in right now, that uh, the enemy would not uh, do any further destruction uh, or, or thievery in the way of robbing the community around us and around the world of the opportunity to come together corporately in the presence of a powerful and living king to celebrate his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Amen. We serve a big God, Shannon Oaks Church, and I cannot wait to, to get into our time together this morning. Um, our world, in case you uh, have been in a foxhole somewhere, uh, has drastically and dramatically changed since this time last week, has it not? Interesting times, aren't they? I don't know that uh, we will not be able to look back on this season in our lives at some point down the road and think, wow, can you imagine, you know, if our kids or our grandkids could remember all that, that we experienced in this season of 2020 in the world that we're living in today. I have a personal confession, though, as we get started today. I am not a COVID-19 expert. I know I let a lot of you down with that statement, but you need to understand the position and the platform that I am not coming from in this conversation this morning. I have um, zero experience with pandemic outbreaks. And if you have more experience than I do, I would gladly share the stage with you this morning. Um, I, there are more things that I don't know than what I do. But there are some things that I know that are absolutely irrelevant to the conversation and the circumstances that are surrounding us today that I feel compelled as the pastor of one of God's local families to draw God's people together, to recenter our focus on those things that we know beyond the shadow of any doubt so that we can go back into the world that God has uh, ordained for us in a time and a season such as this, and we can be uh, the fulfillment of the identity that he has created for us since the beginning, the light of the world, the salt of the earth, amen? And so I don't know where your heart is this morning, but I trust that God has something for you in this message, in this season, in our time together today. I know that um, some of us in the room today may even be coming with a deep-seated, very real presence of fear, not knowing what we don't know. 
about the circumstances and the conditions of the world we live in. And listen, I'm not here to diminish that. Uh, I'm not here to diminish you because of that. All I can say is that I personally have been a victim of fear in my own life. And so I understand where you're coming from. And I know the grip that fear can have on our lives and our relationships. And I want to start by laying the foundation for this conversation and the response of our church as part of the church in the wake of the coronavirus or COVID-19 in the world that we're living in today with an identity statement, a statement of who we are so that we can distinguish to ourselves and to the world around us who we are not. Amen? The identity that we need to understand about ourselves this morning as the church is that the church is not just another civic organization. Let me say that again. I think it caught some of you by surprise. The best that I can tell in the scriptures, by design, therefore, through the identity that God has breathed into us, that the church is not just another civic organization. I look at Matthew chapter 18 that someone prayed earlier that that where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with them. When I hear a passage like that and I receive a promise in my heart, I can't help but acknowledge the power and the presence and the authority that comes in the gathering of a church here on earth. Amen? The church is not just another civic organization. But also I know that there has never been, nor will there ever be, another civic organization on the face of the earth throughout the concourse of history that has received by Jesus himself the keys to his kingdom. In Matthew chapter 16, as as Jesus is affirming... through the ringing of cell phones, that Peter, his follower, is the one who has identified who he is. Then Jesus empowers and entrusts to him with the keys to his kingdom and says, on you I will build my church. And so therefore, Shannon Oaks, I want to remind you in the face of the world that we live in today, that the church of Jesus Christ is not just another civic organization. And so therefore, our response should not be like the other civic organizations in the world we're living in today. Philippians chapter 4, I believe, is probably one of the most direct passages that addresses the situation and the context that we're in today. Now, I want to read just for a minute these verses, beginning in verse 4, down through verse 9 in our, in our Bible. And if you don't have a copy of the Bible, because we at Shannon Oak Church value the Bible, the teaching of the Bible, the study of the Bible, because it reveals God and His plan for our lives, we would love to gift you with your very own copy. And you can get that at Connect Central sometime before you leave today. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4, says this, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. 
Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. As we lay that foundation alongside the reality of our identity as the church, not being just another civic organization, we need to understand that, 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 that God gives us some very personal and pertinent instructions in Philippians chapter 4. And he starts off by saying, always be full of joy in the Lord and he does, Paul says something in such a way that he emphasizes what he just said. He said, I say it again, rejoice. Now, I want to just kind of pause on that this morning because I feel like we need to hear that in this time and in this place this morning. How can we say in the presence of the world that we're living in right now that we can always be full of joy in the Lord. Doesn't that seem just so contradictory to the events and the circumstances and the conversation that is swirling around us? I think what Paul is trying to say to us, church, is that don't lose sight of the reality that this trouble that you're facing, it's going to come and it's going to go. But Jesus Christ as he reminds us in Hebrews chapter 13, is the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen? And there is reason enough in every season of life, in every circumstance and situation we face, to be full of joy in the Lord. Now, I, I just got to press in on this for a moment because I grew up in church. And I can't tell you how many times I have said, because I heard other people say, oh, I've got the joy of the Lord in me. I may not show it on the outside, but it's in my heart. It's there. And I believe that, and I live that. And then in certain seasons and times in my own life, I began to question if that joy was really there in my heart because I didn't feel like it was showing up out of my heart. Well, Jesus says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever's on the inside, husbands, you'll know this if you're like I am, that'll get you in trouble in a conversation with your wife, right? When you open your mouth and let what's on the inside come out. How come that can't be true of us as the church when the conversation of the joy of the Lord? How come we can't visibly, vocally, audibly be those people who are always, always full of the joy of the Lord? Out of the overflow of our heart, Paul says, I'm calling it out. Let it come forth. Rejoice. Are y'all awake? Paul says, I say it again, rejoice, be full of the joy of the Lord in your heart. 
that a pacemaker on somebody's heart, maybe? I remember as a kid growing up when, when technology began to develop and, and TVs were, were getting really fancy. We had this really cool feature that was called picture in picture. You know what I'm talking about? All right, for you FaceTimers today, you know when you FaceTime somebody and you see their picture as the full screen and then you're tucked away in some corner of the screen, screen in a little frame, you know what I'm talking about? I think that is so in alignment with what Paul is saying here in Philippians chapter 4. When we're not full of the joy of the Lord in our heart, we're looking at the wrong frame on the screen. It, we've maximized something that's supposed to be minimized. The focus is not to be on what we are and what we're going through. He tells us just after verse 4, he says, let everyone see that what you, you are considerate and all you do, remember the Lord is coming soon. Be focused on the right frame in your life and that joy will have no problem flowing to you and through you in the life that you live. The Lord is coming back. Now, I need to press in on this this morning, Shenandoah Church. We don't know when. Contrary to what some philosophies out there may, may indicate, we don't have a clue when he is coming back. We just know he is, amen? But here's what we can count on, is that he has never once let us down. He has never once led us astray. And the reality of what we can identify in the world we're living in is that all of the things that are going on around us are aligning with the reality that he said would be a reality when he does come back. And so we can know that what Paul said 2,000 years ago is still true because we can see the evidence is very real, very present, the Lord is coming back. He's not panicking on his throne in heaven today. He's not wringing his hands thinking, oh my goodness, what have these people done? How am I going to redeem this and bring restoration to this? Now, I sent them my son. Wasn't that enough? What am I going to do now? That's not the case. The Lord is in control. He is in control. To the fearful hearts in the room, to the fearful hearts who are listening to this through audio, wherever you are, the Lord is still in control. And we are still his chosen people. His plan is still in progress. And so it is with this backdrop, this foundation of the conversation that Paul has translated for us in Philippians chapter 4, I believe there are three things in this passage that, that the church today needs to take ownership of in their response to COVID-19. In response to the world that we're living in today, there are three things that I believe the Apostle Paul focuses for us in this passage. The first one will come as no surprise to you. If you're familiar with this passage at all, you have persistently and, and repeatedly seen this reference of Philippians chapter 4 in the referenced and tied to the conversation of prayer. I believe the Apostle Paul is telling us today that the church of Shannon Oaks Church 
it's time to pray big. It is time to pray big. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Look how the Lord has gone before us, Shannon Oaks Church, in this season that we're in. Remember just a few months ago, we were on this journey as a body, and we're still on that journey, but we, we brought some, some clarity to the working values of this body? Guess what? God made it very clear that we, as his family, value the power of prayer because Abba Father brings hope and healing and miracles into the lives of his people. The Lord has gone before us in this journey. We value prayer because God knew we needed to value prayer and its power in the season that was just on the horizon for us. And it is time for us as a church to pray big. Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. I want to tell you that if you got anxiety in your life, you still got something to pray about. If anxiety is on the surface of your heart, it's time to, to, to push that on out of the flow with more prayer. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 reminds us that, that our God is a God who is able to do immeasurably more. If you hear me this morning, say immeasurably more. Than all we ask or imagine. One of the best ways that you can tell what someone thinks about God is how they pray to him. What is it in our hearts this morning, in this season, that is limiting our, our view and our perception of who God is and therefore limiting the prayers that we offer to him on his throne? What is it? That's limiting. When you hear Paul's call to pray big, what is he saying to you? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes right there where you are. We're not done. We're just taking this step one step at a time. But I want you to ask God this morning how he wants you to pray big. Maybe for you, there's an area of life or area of the world that, that you have isolated from his rule and reign in your life, maybe the call to pray big today means to bring everything under the fullness of his authority and power. Maybe for you it is to pray longer bigger in the amount of time that you have ever prayed before. Powerful things happen when we pray. Maybe God is inviting you into an increased intensity of prayer in your walk with him. Maybe you've been asking God to to take the screwdriver and kind of tighten the things up that seem loose in your life. And what God wants to do is a complete renovation and remodel. Maybe the invitation to pray big is to, is to allow God to use the tools that he wants to use instead of insisting that he use the little things that we expect him to use in our life and the world that we're living in.
as he begins to reveal that to you, I want you to go ahead and ask him something big. I want you to ask him to to be the big God that he is. I want you to ask him to do something immeasurably more than what you can ask or imagine. God, you are all-powerful, and you are all-knowing. You're bigger than we even can imagine. You're sovereign. You're our peace. You're our joy. You're our comforter. You're our counselor. You're our friend. You're everything that we need. You've given us everything that we need. God, you knew that this virus was coming. You knew that our city and our country and our nation and the world was going to be how it is today. You, you knew before we knew. And you also know how it's going to turn out. And God, I know you have a will in this. And your will is that together as Christians, we come together and we show the world you. Because your word says that when we're weak, you're strong. And God, we're weak right now. Our flesh is weak. As a country, we're weak. As a world, we're weak. But God, the enemy hasn't won. You've told us that. God, your word says that we don't have to fear. And I ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your forgiveness to forgive us when we forget that. Forgive us when we don't just lay it all at your feet and focus on you. Forgive us when we give in to the temptation to just glue our eyes on social media or on the news and on all the bad that's going on around us. Just forgive us. God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit just remind us, just remind us that we have the power within us. God, it's already there. We don't have to wait for heaven to witness your glory and power. We don't have to wait. It's here now, and it's within us. Your word says that we have the power. If we just resist the devil, he has to flee. He has to flee. You say that, and what you say is the truth. God, I thank you for the shackles of fear that you're breaking, for the chains that are gone, for the focus that you're going to give us to come together as a church. And I especially want to pray for the people who are not here. God, you transcend these walls, and uh, your Holy Spirit can speak to them right now, just as, even though they're not gathered here with us today. And God, I just pray that you tug on their hearts. Remind them, Holy Spirit, remind them that they don't have to fear. The battle's already won, and what we see in our flesh and physical world is not the truth. It's not the reality. You've been preparing us for a time such as this to operate in the spiritual realm and not the reality of the world. God, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Kristen.
So pray big. Whatever you're facing in your life, whatever we're facing in this world, the Father is waiting on his church to pray big. Go beyond where you have been, Shannon Oaks Church. But there's more. Paul calls us not only to pray big, but he asks us to preach the gospel. Now, you may be thinking back, well, where, where did he say that in Philippians chapter 4? He says, he says, going back to Philippians chapter 4, he says, One final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, and think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about those things. And as you do, I dare you to keep your mouth shut. I dare you not to say a word about something that fits that description of being uh, true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. I dare you. Can I tell you, Shannon Oaks Church, with the, the, the conversations that are swirling around us, I don't know if you realize this, but that's bad news. And Jesus came to bring us good news. Every time we hear bad news in the world we're living in, in the lives that we're living day in and day out, Shannon Oaks Church, it's time that we train ourselves to stop talking about the craziness of the world we're living in and start talking about the goodness of the God we serve. Everyone knows this world is getting darker Everyone knows these are crazy times. Everyone knows how hard toilet paper is to get a hold of. Which, by the way, that's the reason we didn't do the meet and greet this morning. We're not sure who has toilet paper and who doesn't. Listen, we have been entrusted with the good news gospel message that Jesus Christ has come to give. Listen, as people are, are acting like crazy fools and heading out there to I'm not trying to offend anybody who's here this morning but heading out to 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 hoard up the the supplies from the store listen as the church we have a we have a good news message for that we have a good news message that that the world around us needs to hear we have a well that won't run dry we have a supplier who never goes out of stock not to mention the healing the hope, the reality, as Kristen prayed just a minute ago, that we've been entrusted with power to make a difference now. We don't have to wait for heaven to come. It's already begun. That's why he's given us the keys to unleash and unbind here on earth the things that are from his kingdom. Preach the gospel. It's time we train ourselves. We haven't done that very well. We've, we've, we've convinced ourselves that the gospel is something that an unbeliever needs to hear. Well, listen, Sometimes during the week, you and I are those unbelievers. We're living our lives that are not in the alignment of belief. Yes, we know that Jesus is the, the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. But what about those other things that he said? Are we living our lives in alignment with the belief of the things that he has said completely? That's where we have to preach the gospel to ourselves. I need you guys to preach the gospel to me. Just because I'm a preacher doesn't mean that, that I don't need to be preached to. Listen, every Sunday I'm preaching to myself, and especially this morning. 
Because I am living in a world that is gripped by fear. Preach the gospel. Persevere in faith. Paul says, don't stop doing the things that you've been doing. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, keep doing those things. If there's ever been a time for the church to stand up and not sit down, it is a time like this one. We don't know what we don't know, but we're going to leave that up to the one who does. Amen? All we can do is be faithful to who he's, been, he's created us to be, who has called us to live a life, not just a moment, but a life of surrender and obedience by faith, walking in the authority and the power that he's entrusted to us. Persevere in faith. When the world has nowhere else to turn, could the world look out in the world we're living in today and see that there's a group of people who just aren't abiding by these fear-gripped rules? That there's a group of people who aren't doing what seems natural to be done in the, the darkness and the uncertainty of the world we're living in. Keep being Faithful. Maybe for you, this is the time that the Lord is kind of ratcheting those things up in your heart. That he is compelling you to, to act out of your spirit into the world that we're living in today. Maybe this is that time of refining and, and, and propulsion through obedience into the world. Maybe you're, you're going to step foot this week for the very first time into the mission field that you have been called and created for that we only had the opportunity to realize in a crisis like we're facing today. Serve others. Put yourself further down the list. See who God is, see what he has called you to be a part of, and trust that he will supply your every need. I know that there has been conversation in this community over the last couple of days about the unforeseen extension of spring break, the cancellation of college classes, the, 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 the uncertainty and the unknowns of, of what's going to happen in the gatherings of churches and workplaces across our country. And there have been stirrings and, 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 and burdens and desires that are swelling up in the hearts of the church to make sure that those students who are not in school, have something to eat when they're not there. There's, there's stirrings from the hearts of the church to make sure that the elderly, who are appropriately taking measures to, to protect their own health, that they have what they need when they can't get out and engage the community like they normally would. Serve others. Faithfully persevere. And we will look up before we know it, Shannon Oak Church, and we will see that love still wins. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and this time we are closing our service and our time 
together this morning. And I want you to process the response that God is asking of his church this morning in this season. To pray big, to preach the gospel, and to persevere in faith. I don't know much about the life and the the decisions that, that brought you here this morning. But I do know that God has something in store for you when you leave. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You have been created for such a time as this. May we be that church who embraces the adventure of living a life completely and fully surrendered to a resurrected, all-powerful King, Lord, and Savior. What is he asking of you this morning? Take a, a couple of minutes and wrestle with what God is asking of you in this conversation as his church. Father, we just come to you this morning, Lord, with full hearts and anxious minds. Father, we know all of the things that we see on the news and around this country today, people are fear, in fear and in panic. We see it on the news in the grocery stores, even within our own communities in grocery stores. But Father, we are children of the living God, and we should not be in fear but rejoice in these times because this is a time that the church should shine. That we bring forth the love and compassion that Jesus would show through the world through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to read an excerpt from a book that my wife and I are reading that uh, I believe is appropriate for this time. Dr. Lance Wallnow, a lot of you know who he is, uh, put this in, in a book that's written by God and our president. And Patton found himself in a time similar to what we're in right now, but with insurmountable odds facing him with Nazi Germany coming against the world. And when all of Patton's strength and wisdom had failed him, he realized that he needed strength from above. So he called for the chaplain of the Third Army to come, and he directed him to write a prayer to God, asking God, to intervene on their behalf. When the chaplain brought the prayer to Patton, he read it aloud. And after he had read it aloud, he commanded the third army to read the prayer aloud together. And they read that prayer. And they called on the God of heaven to reach down and somehow break the skies that had come in cold and wind and rain and overcast where they could not fly and, and, and the artillery could not be fired upon the enemy lines that were advancing so rapidly upon our soldiers. 
As that army gathered together and prayed, miraculously the next morning, the clouds broke. The skies cleared. And the armies of the United States of America and the other countries around the world that joined with us were able to thwart the forces of Nazi Germany and push them back. That was the Battle of the Bulge. Some of you have seen that movie. But we're the church of the living God. We should rise up now and know that when all the strength and wisdom of man fails, there is an inexhaustible source yielded to us through prayer from above. So right now, Heavenly Father, we're coming to you in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, to whom all power in heaven and earth has been given. And Jesus said he gave it to us, the church. So right now, church, I'm asking you to join your faith and your hearts. Come together in belief with me, believing that this coronavirus, this COVID-19, will not get worse, and it will be defeated. It will be pushed back. And we will rise up after the, through this, and the church will shine brighter as never before. Father, we ask you right now, Father, that you send godly wisdom into our leaders in the White House that's leading our nation. Father, surround our president with godly leaders that give him biblical counsel and wisdom. Not wisdom of the world, but wisdom from above to lead and guide our country through these times. That's why our president is called today a National Day of Prayer, calling all churches throughout the United States to come together. When we come together as one voice, with the voice of Christ, nothing hell can throw at our country will prevail. So right now, we're declaring and decreeing that this coronavirus is pushed back and defeated in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we thank you for the power and the, the source that you've given us through Jesus Christ over all things. Father, we have the power to say, coronavirus, you are defeated, go away. Now, if we believe in our heart, just like the word says, Jesus said, if you believe in your heart without doubting, it shall obey you. <clears throat> so right now, I'm asking you to reach down and search inside of you and believe with all your power and all your might that this coronavirus is defeated and done and over. And it will not get any worse in our country and around the world, and it will be pushed back and defeated in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for everything that you've done for us and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.